Welcome back to the Wireless Buds podcast. Uh, today is Matthew, Noah, and myself. We're going to be covering uh, how to build a happy life, uh, colon, how to know that you know nothing, by uh, how to start over. This was dropped in our podcast by Noah, so I'm just going to hand it over to him and he can explain. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Noah, do you want to explain why you dropped it in the playlist? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so I <clears throat> I was just uh, scrolling through Spotify, you know, looking for um, interesting titles, and this one grabbed my attention. Uh, and the reason is, is um, you know, I've, I've learned about mindfulness things in the past. Um, and it's a good thing to revisit from time to time. Um, so if this is your first time listening to this or being a part of this, I mean, uh, welcome. But um, yeah, I think mindfulness is extremely important. Um, and it just is a really good topic that I like to revisit from time to time. So when I came across it, it was just a, you know, something I was interested in. So I clicked on it and it ended up being a, um, a well-rounded podcast and I, I enjoyed listening to it. Um, and I forget the uh, the name of the, the lady who they interviewed, but um, she was really fun to listen to and had a lot of uh, good insight. So um, yeah, anyways, uh, to start us off, mindfulness, I guess, is a, uh, a topic is just being aware of your present situation, just being fully immersed in what you're currently doing. Um, and just one of the examples they gave is like, you know, if you're washing the dishes, do you sit there and focus on each dish, like turning over the plate and like, you know, focusing on what's at, what you're actually doing, or are you just kind of going through the motions like a robot and your mind's thinking about other things? Um, and and basically the point of all this is that when you, you know, are, are aware of your situation um, you're currently in, um, it helps you enjoy it, you know, more fully. Everything's new. Um, it keeps things fresh. Um, yeah, so I would I would just start it off by asking, you know, have you guys heard of this topic before? Have you are you aware of it all? I'm sure Matthew, you are with um, you know the things you study. But um, yeah, so I um, it's interesting that you know we ended up discussing mindfulness and like I really enjoyed this podcast actually. Um, my mind immediately jumps back to um before the days of podcasts, you could order these. Uh, they were like college courses that had been recorded and um, it was called the great courses. And my grandfather was like obsessed with them and he'd order all these different ones on various topics. So I basically like between the ages of, you know, six and like 18, I was like listening to these podcasts were slowly getting more popular. But, um, one of the ones that I really enjoyed was uh, by this professor. I think his name was Mark Musey. Um, and he was a professor from, I believe he was from Texas. But he did a lecture series on mindfulness, and he tried to make it extremely accessible for people. Um, and I like must have listened to it a, a handful of times. But um, some of the parts I remember the most were the concentrating on breathing as part of a mindfulness exercise. But I think he's, I think this is more of like um, the meditation aspects of mindfulness, which I'm sure Max knows more about. But um, it was also kind of like the way he was discussing it was like. A lot of us in society and just as people, we have jobs that can sometimes be a bit repetitive and can can begin to, we fall into sort of like a, a thoughtless routine. And I think he was saying that routine is what 
is what causes mindfulness to start to fade over time because you're so accustomed to doing everything a certain way. It just becomes second nature to you. It's like a habit. Um, whereas I feel like mindfulness is like, I'm going to be totally aware of everything I'm doing. And after doing something so many times, it doesn't feel new or exciting to you. It begins to feel pretty monotonous. And so I think he was describing it as like when you're driving and then you kind of forget you've been driving for a while, you get lost in your own mind or you're just not thinking about anything. I think it's called highway hypnosis, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a, like a super wonderful series of lectures. And, and that's what I was kind of bringing to this podcast. I like, <clears throat> excuse me. I like the, the way you brought that up. It's, it's a mindfulness in like an everyday sense, as opposed to like a meditative sense. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's being here right now. Um, you know, it's like, you know, are you mentally here? Like right now, are you in this moment or are you thinking about other things? Um, and one, well, one topic, uh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to ask you, I mean, do you think that like, um, do you think that like not being a mindful person or like letting your mind sort of float away when you're doing certain tasks, like, do you think that's a bad thing? I wouldn't assign necessarily, um, good or bad to it. Um, and I actually kind of discussed that in this podcast, but good or bad, good or bad is, is kind of something that you associate, um, you know, based on personal things, but I don't think it's good or bad because you can use mindfulness as a tool for, uh, you know, gaining new experiences and new insight in everything you do in the present. Um, and that can, you know, it, 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 you know, keeps curiosity alive, keeps you interested um, where they are discussing if, you know, if you're stressed out and things seem like, you know, you're really overwhelmed with a lot of stuff. Well, there's a lot of change going on in your life you know, maybe try to focus on how things are still similar, you know, um, be aware of, of things that are around you that are still like stable and, um, you know, find comfort in that to try to like slow things down and, and, you know, reduce your anxiety. So I think it depends upon your situation, um, on whether or not, you know, being in your present moment is, is good or bad. Mm, nice. Uh, I'm going to jump in, uh, just to put some info there, um, Matthew, the book that I think you were talking about is Mark, yeah, Mark Musi, and it's, it, you're spot on. It's Practicing Mindfulness, uh, an Introduction to Meditation, so it's cool. definitely more the meditative aspect of it, um, which I'm not, like, all too familiar with, but definitely have come across it a fair amount. Mm-hmm. And He's then, an amazing guy, by the way. I liked, I really enjoyed that lecture series, and I'm sure... You know, if you guys were to check that out, that might yield some interesting ideas. But sorry, go ahead, Max. Oh, uh, you're you're golden. Um, I was also going to say, great courses uh, is phenomenal, and anyone who mm -hmm. wants to just like explore that, like I think there's even an app like Great Courses Plus or something like that. And it's yeah, it's the like the precursor mm -hmm. to the podcast and learning more about all the different areas of life. But uh, the person on the podcast that we listen to is uh, Dr. Ellen Langer uh, with Harvard University. Um, yeah. But to kind of bounce back to your question, Noah, is it, or I guess, sorry, Matthew, um, is it good or bad to let your mind wander? I think there's a time and place for it. And mm -hmm. I'm not like, I'm not so far into mindfulness practices as to dismiss the ideas of good or bad. 
Um, although I think they are a lot more loose than we'd like to assign. Um, but I think keeping mindfulness or like practicing mindfulness is a way of not letting your limbic system and your brain take over your life. Uh, because if you're, if you're being mindful, you're switching from like, switching the location of your cognitive process and where you are um, absorbing information and processing information. You're putting that in your frontal lobe, basically, and you're, you're being active and intentional with what you're thinking and you're taking in all this information, um, which can sometimes be overwhelming, but that's part of the other aspect is like letting go of the information that you don't need. Um, try not to let it stress you out as well, I guess, but, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good summation of it all. Um, you know, mindfulness is just like, it's a curiosity. It's, um, you know, like when you're a kid and everything seems new, or even, even if you go travel, um, you know, you go see a new part of the world. I don't know. I, I seem to remember vacations a lot more vividly than what I did for work last week. Um, mm. you know, <laughs> so it's just like, it's that openness of like a new experience or, or, um, you know, a new place. And as you become, you know, stuck in a rut, you know, or a routine, um, you just assume everything's the way it always has been and don't see the new things. And so if you remain with that you know, uh, openness and that curiosity, like you would if you're on vacation and seeing new sights and, and, you know, maybe smelling new things and hearing new sounds and, um, you know, just even having like conversations with people and actually being, you know, fully there rather than just, oh, how's your day going? Oh, good. And then just like moving on. Like, you know, if you want to discuss how your day is actually going and get to know somebody better or, you know, maybe connect with them, just be there in that conversation, you know. That reminds me of something we've actually listened to uh, previously and we've talked about, I think, um, with our other like meditation podcast or it was Zen one. Um, but ask instead of asking people like, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" Like the cultural norm is like asking people how they're feeling. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still love that. I haven't really done it <laughs> too much intentionally. I haven't been mindful of it, you might say, but uh, I still really love it. Well, doesn't it seem kind of like um, I don't know? I mean, like when you go in your day to day life and you're participating in this routine, it's like anytime there's like a break in routine, it's like it's kind of a revelation in a way, at least that's kind of the way I feel is like, okay, you know, I can be a teacher and I can, you know, walk to walk to the school every day, teach these courses all day and then leave at the end of the day. And then, you know, watch one episode of a TV show and then go to sleep and then just repeat, you know, and it's like every time that cycle is kind of interrupted or broken, like it creates an opportunity for you to be mindful and to be aware of, of the moment and the present mainly because I feel like a lot of mindlessness is like drifting into the past or drifting into the future in your mind. You're like thinking about what you're going to do the next year, thinking about, you know, where your life is leading you. You're thinking about something you did, you know, uh, you know, in the past or some bad choice you made, you know, it's like, but I feel like mindfulness pulls you very fully into the present. And I think that's why it's, um, it's like such an, it's such an important meditation practice because instead of considering, you know, considering the past or the future or just not being there in your mind in that moment it's like it's kind of um direct and it's kind of temporary too but like 
it's so interesting to think about, you know, like that question, you know, how are you feeling? I feel like if someone asked me that, I'd be like, well, that's very different from what people usually ask me. Like, how you doing? I'm like, oh, good. Thanks. You, you know, good. It's like, um, but it made me think that like we live in a world where a lot of people are mindless. Like a lot of people, it's very easy for them to not be mindful. And uh, a lot of people, you know, they like and prefer routine and habit because it makes things easier, you know, and sometimes maybe they go and like entire lifetimes. I feel like people spend most of their lifetime being totally like unaware of their mind or like not practicing mindfulness. And it's like, I don't know, I mean, without interruption, it's like, I don't know, but it's interesting that you could like. It's like a chain reaction, maybe, where you know you're like, "Oh, how are you feeling?" And then the person's like, "Oh, like, well, I, I don't know. I guess I feel good, <laughs> you know." <laughs> but it's interesting to think that like a lot of people aren't practicing these mindfulness things, and they kind of walk around like zombies in these routines. And it's like you yeah. think of ways in which you can interrupt that cycle and bring something new and exciting to them for their lives or your own life, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, w- I would say you don't really need to bring anything new or exciting things can be new and exciting as long as you're paying attention yeah like nothing is ever the exact same no matter how many times you do it there's always going to be slight variation and if you are curious in that variation or or paying attention to you know what's what's different you're going to find all these new experiences within that i think uh, uh, yeah, I don't think we you need to necessarily bring anything into it other than a changed mindset. Uh, there mm-hmm. was one up. Opportunity... Maybe you could act as like a catalyst. Yeah. Yes, and and that's exactly what I was gonna uh, get into. Like Matthew, you mentioned like chain reaction catalyst is the same deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. I guess it's not the same deal, but it's very intrinsically linked. There was one time I asked somebody when we were RAs. I think I was on rounds in like the apartments or something like that. And I asked somebody, how are you doing? Like pretty genuinely. Um, it was like, I don't know, like eight 30 at night or something like that. The sun was like kind of just, I just set or something like that. And this girl was like smoking a cigarette and that's why I was kind of approaching her. And cause for context you're not allowed to do that on campus where you went to school but um i asked her how she was doing and she's like i'm not doing good i was like well that's different (laughs) let's like let's talk about that i guess but it definitely threw me off my game like because nobody expects honest answers almost so for me that definitely started a catalyst towards um being more intentional with like how I answered people and like being honest about my emotions, my own like goings on. Um, but as far as things to go into a day with, it's not that you have to like, like change up something drastically. Like you don't have to show up in the winter wearing shorts and being like, well, this will help me stay mindful. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, even if you enjoy doing that, um, no, not knocking anybody um but even going into a day with a, like a plan to look for one different interaction you can have like talk to one different person that will and that's a very simple thing um and if you just like mentally prepare yourself to talk to 
a new person that day uh, or the night before you, you know, that will engage you for the rest of the day. You will constantly be looking for somebody new to talk to and looking for yeah, the right moment. That's like, that's probably the most simple like example I can give. I would, I would say that's a, a really good way to, you know, I, I would say that's a really good goal to strive for, but finding somebody new to talk to each day might be, might be hard because some people don't want to talk, but even in the conversations you have with anybody you talk to, I mean, if, even if you talk to that person every day, you know, they, they sit next to you at work or, you know, you, you, you talk to them when you get your coffee. I mean, if you talk with somebody honestly and openly, like you were discussing, you know, rather than like the robotic, like, I'm good. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. All right. Have a nice day. Oh, it's beautiful weather. You know, just like the, you know, nonsensical, um, just autopilot. If you actually open up and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing well, you know, I just got a great promotion at work or, you know, I, uh, I feel like, you know, I feel like garbage today. I, I slept terribly and, you know, I got these things bogging me down, you know, and if, maybe it'll open up the other person, even if you talk with them every day to say, oh, that's not like a normal response. Maybe I'll, you know, change up the way I react to these things. And um, it'll really open open that door of a new experience. Even if it's, you know, somebody you've been chatting with for the last, you know, five years, you might still learn something new about them. Oh, easily. Um, if I thought of another one. Because although... I sort of disagree with you in that I feel like it's easy to find new people to talk to, although it's difficult to do that. Um, uh, it is definitely easier to like strike a new conversation with somebody that you already know. Uh, but another one that I just thought of, and let me know how you feel about this, is when you wake up in the morning or when you go to bed, um, take an account of your body. Just like notice where you're holding tension and be like, yeah, how does my one. body feel like for for me i i think it was probably at the beginning of the year i started to notice like when i was going to bed my jaw was clenched to the top of my mouth like nothing else and i would wake up in the morning and my my face would hurt um and i started to notice like at night like let me just take a deep breath and relax my jaw just like unclench it and oh oh my gosh guys like that in itself helped me go to bed so much faster it was nuts i'm I'm talking like i'm seriously talking like an hour of like where i would previously be staring at the ceiling or like closed eyes just like laying there like relax my jaw and i'm out in like 10 minutes or like five minutes or something like that. Mm. that's um that's interesting you say that. i was just thinking that actually i was just thinking like um to myself, I was wondering, you know, how um, how is it best to be like mindful? Um, like, I'm trying. I'm sorry, I'm trying to uh, formulate what I was uh, thinking. But you know, like, what's the best way to be mindful, really? And I was like, well, it seems like whenever the body is involved, that is the most present thing that you know that is that we have available to us at all times is the physical body, and it's like. I mean, like if you hurt yourself, you know, or you have a splinter, I mean, like you feel that pain and it's very immediate and it's very much like it binds you, you know what I mean? It binds your awareness because I feel like the sort of word we've been circling this entire time, like that relates to mindfulness is just like awareness, you know, and yeah. like there's nothing more, um, 
there's nothing that inspires awareness more than like physical pain or even sort of like being you know becoming aware of like your physical presence and like your the space that you're taking up you know and stuff like that um and that's really interesting too because i know you know um when i was in grad school there was a i was doing some research um and it was like a series of essays about um uh, journals uh, by people who 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 had diseases that caused chronic pain um and it was really interesting because like these journals were constantly pointing to like this hyper awareness of you know the present that was actually horrible you know because like people who experience chronic pain i mean like that is that's horrible chronic untreatable pain that's like that's horrible to think of you know and like these people like they endure so much you know, and it's like, I feel like we've been talking so much about just getting to the point where you can be aware of the present and you can be aware of your body and you can just live in the present. But it's like, there is actually like another end of the spectrum that's actually not good. You know, it's like you can be a zombie all day or you can be like hyper aware of everything, which would also be miserable because I feel like it's all about balance. You know, like if you're hyper aware of everything and you're you're sort of stuck in the present so much. I don't know. I feel like that does have a negative side, but, um, but yeah, I thought I would just insert that, that research about chronic pain. It was really interesting. That's actually that's phenomenal. A, that's a great point. Um, yeah. Cause like you said, it's like a hyper awareness thing and, um, kind of going off of a point you said, of, you know, a mile back there, but it was, um, about people being, you know, thinking about the future, thinking about the past, but, um, people can get stuck in those too. And that, that definitely, you know, on the other hand, draws you away from, from where you're at currently, you know, I, I feel like, um, I mean, you can have both sides of the coin of, of your, you know, your prospection and your, your retrospection, but I feel like a lot of people definitely have, um, you know, problems with retrospection in terms of, oh man, that was so much fun. You know, you have the, your memories and you're like, man, I wish I could go back. And especially, I would say, especially people that like deal with loss, um, you know, mm -hmm. that, that like miss people, just think of all those memories they can easily get, um, you know, downtrodden, you know, not want to live in this present moment. So they'll just think of, of, you know, things that have transpired in the past and then, um, you know, maybe in the future, you know, they're, they're then afraid of the future. So then when they think about that, they just, you know, they don't want to exist in the current moment um, because mm -hmm. it can be scary. So, um, and, and then at the other side of the coin, if you're always planning for everything, you're always, you get, you know, you get a life goal of, I got to plan this and plan that. And, you know, always striving for the next thing. You kind of forget about the journey that you're on because you're always looking at that destination point and that if that's your sole focus you lose track of of you know the path you're taking to get there the journey that you're you know, the experiences that you're having this right is a, a massive oversimplification but um i heard once that looking into the past so retrospection is is the root of depression because you're, you're constantly thinking about what i could have done or what has happened to me, um, these sorts of things. And uh, prospection, looking to the future, is the root of anxiety. Because mm. you cannot control a single damn thing. <laughs> and you're constantly wondering, like, oh, well, how, do I, how do I react? How do I encounter this? How do I respond? Um, but in the, mo in the present as well, 
you can't spend all your time in the present because you do have to think about these things. You have to learn, you have to think about the lessons that you've learned as a human. That's how you survive, that's how you make progress. And you also have to account for the future. They talk about that a little bit in the podcast, but you have to think about, well, what do I do tomorrow? Like you have to think about, especially in this kind of environment where inflation is on the rise now, you're like, how do I account for the future? How do I prepare myself? And even if it's, even if you want to take it to uh, the road, like stick it with stick in the, the place that we are, like, how do I account for the future so that I can stay present? Mm, that was, um, yeah, that was, that was good. But it's yeah. staying, staying present. Like you can't do that all the time either, especially if you have chronic disease that, or chronic illness or um, pain, you can't do that because it will drive you nuts. <laughs> like, so you have to, you have to think about like pleasant memories or you have to find a way to give that up or, or just evacuate your body for a second, even if it is well, just you know, breathing or whatever. It's interesting to think about how, you know, having the ability to go back and forth between the present and the future and, or the present and the past, or the past and the future. I mean, like being able to move between those, like being okay, like mindful certain times and mindless other times. Like even having that freedom is a luxury, you know. Like you know, we're kind of. I feel like being able to be aware and also not aware sometimes, which I think is okay. Like I think that being mindless. I mean, in certain situations, like probably not the best thing, but like other times it's probably okay. I mean, that lecture series by the great course, as I mentioned before, he said like one of the healthiest practices is to just sit there and let your mind go wherever it wants to, like take all the bindings off of it. And, you know, wherever your mind floats off to is wherever it wants to go. And then you can think about anything you want. And that's like the ultimate freedom of having a mind is like letting it do whatever it wants. And maybe it wants to think about, you know, uh, purple elephants or something like who cares, you know, but, other times when it demand, you know, your focus is demanded of you or something is demanded of you. It's like you could focus on that task or maybe it's a task you've done a hundred million times before. And it's like, you don't have to fully focus on it, but you can get it done just as well. You know? So I think, I think even having the option to like look ahead or look back or just live in the present is like such an incredible luxury or such an incredible gift. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, this this brought up two things for me. So the first is the idea of letting your mind wander. Uh, have you two ever heard of EMDR? No. Okay. Um, so I feel like I have, but it's a type of therapy. Uh, it stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Yes. Totally. And what happens is you have like electric signals sent into your hands, either hand, and you close your eyes, and um, people ask you questions, and basically. It, it connects both sides of your brain, opens up pathways that have been blocked by trauma, allows you to relive that, and then take what you know as an adult and reprocess it in a healthy way and create new neural pathways around that. So you don't get like triggered, you don't panic, you don't get sent to fight or flight, but that you can learn to respond and live in a better way um which that's exactly what that brought up for me matthew uh, just the idea of like being present um and like i don't know if, if that if you see where that fits in i i kind of went on a tangent but the other thing going back to the point you landed on was 
the privilege and um uh, yeah i guess privilege of like of being able to be present and and to flip-flop between all the tenses but um it's, it's a luxury to be able to do this and i actually find a lot of um maybe not guilt but um it's hard for me in light of knowing what pain is going on in the world to view whatever is going on in my life as good or bad like it just it seems so pale in comparison to what other people on this planet are experiencing at this exact moment do you guys find um i guess trouble in that as well or no Yeah, I would say to some extent, um, you know, because it's, uh, I think everything's, it's all relative. Um, you know, obviously people suffer much worse atrocities. People live, you know, hell each day, I'm sure. Um, but <laughs> I guess it depends upon the size of, you know, the mountain you're on. Um, or, you know, your own personal mountain. It could be, it could be a massive feat for you. Um and something really simple for somebody else. So, <clears throat> um, I wouldn't say dwell. You know, you don't you don't want to dwell too much on on certain things that are going to be. You know, um, you know, I wouldn't focus too much on on bad things or you know good things. It's just take things as they come um, and understand that you know there's <laughs> extremes of both, and you'll probably always fall somewhere in between that. Well, I guess I'm I'm interested now. I mean, like, if we're relating this idea of like evaluating your situation in relation to the the you know situation of others, it's like, are we talking about like how that luxury of being able to be in any of the tenses is different from, say, a person who's currently in Ukraine right now, where like they are forced to live in the present because they're in the middle of conflict and they may, you know what I mean? Like they may suddenly die or, you know what I mean? Like, um, or you're someone with chronic pain who's forced to live in the present or, you know, maybe someone who's lost someone really dear to them. Who's like constantly living in the past. And like, because we are not in a similar situation as them, you know, certain people uh, like ourselves or like myself, if I'm just going to be like, you know, um, you know, judging from my own perspective, like, the luxury is that I like I can move between those without any. Sorry, I'm, I I kind of got lost uh, connecting all those dots. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think Good, I, I, I think that. I understand where you're going. You you can you can like you know move between all the different you know um, present, past, future um, without much difficulty, without much pain. I would I would say right. Um, yeah, but and I guess I guess I'm trying to phrase uh, like. I mean, the question is like, how does how do we relate that to, like, judging that, judging like the relativity of certain situations, like of the people around us, and being like empathic, you know, being empathic about it. Yeah, I, I think it's just, I mean, unless you're in somebody's shoes, I don't think anybody's ever gonna, you know, fully understand. It's it's, um, I mean, you can share situations and and share things and. Um, but everybody is, everybody's slightly different. Everybody's going to have a slightly different experience. It's, it's kind of like, 
um, you know, tying it back into the idea, if you're in a routine, it's not exactly the same every day. There's something slightly different. So same can be said for shared um, either good things or bad things. It's going to be slightly different. And I think there's just an understanding that, like, you see that somebody's either, you know, is struggling. You just, I, I understand that you're you're struggling. I've struggled too. I mean, I'm sure we've had different struggled over different things, but it's it's that um, I would say shared like emotion. And yeah, people can you know be in extreme pain compared to you know things I may have experienced, and I can't fully grasp that, but I can understand that they are in extreme pain and damn that must be really hard <laughs> you know yeah. like it's, I, um, I would never I, I, i'm at the loss of words for that like you know that's actually that's that's a beautiful take um a beautiful way to phrase uh the idea of empathy be like that sucks i'm at a loss of words and empathy is um the only reason that i have this clear in my head is because i went over it recently and like last thursday um empathy is the idea or the ability to uh, relate or connect to something or somebody rather um, in an event that you have not experienced yourself and just to sit with them in pain. Whereas sympathy is when you've experienced the exact same thing. So really empathy is, is far more common. Sympathy is far more rare. And oftentimes when people think, when people uh, feel that you're trying to give them sympathy, they don't want it because of that exact thing it's it's the idea like no like even if it's somewhat similar like you have not experienced the exact same thing as me so like stop trying to say that you have but yeah empathy um empathy is, is far more powerful most of the time because it's it's taking someone else's burdens it's really well summed up um yeah, it's kind of like the I don't know, like typical. Um, uh, it's like the, the bad guy, you know, like you don't understand me. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like you don't understand my pain, like what I've been through. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess, oh, I guess now you know, tying that back to the idea of mindfulness is like, how would you guys go about doing that? You know, how do how we better understand empathy and or sympathy, you know, in relation to being mindful, because I feel like mindful people tend to be more empathic or more sympathetic, like, and, and maybe, maybe not. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'd agree with you. Um, if you're fully there right then uh, in a moment, you could, you understand the gravity of the situation. You understand the emotions of the other person and then you can you know basically open yourself up to be like hey you know what i i you know maybe i can't quite fully understand this but i'm here for you right now well and i feel like people who are more mindful or people who practice mindfulness i feel like they are more connected with other people you know what yeah. i mean like i certainly yeah, feel definitely. like you can you can connect with other people if you're not fully mindful i mean i think interaction becomes more like transactional in that way. Cause like, I mean, if you're kind of just like 
thinking about something else or you're just not really living in the present, I feel like you can still interact with people. But I mean, I just feel like there's no gravity in that interaction. Right. And so I think the people who strive to live very presently and who, you know, who strive to like really, like we talked about earlier in this conversation, like, you know, try to really ask people, like, instead of just the casual, you know, how's it going? Good, you know, good. You know, it's like, you're like, how are you doing? You know, like, how are you doing in this moment? Like, and you're totally engaged in that conversation and, and it's, it has some kind of meaning to you. You know, I do feel like those kinds of people understand other people better. And maybe that's like something that we could sort of, a sort of takeaway, you know, is that like when you're living in the present, you know, or you're, or you're aware of the fact that you can move between the different tenses and you can make the most of that because like we talked about, like it does, there are benefits to being able to sort of think in the past and in the future, but to also be living in the present, to have that opportunity, you know, it's meaningful and useful to us. Obviously it's something that we've, you know, uh, that humans have, um, <laughs> sorry, have like learned, you know, uh, or have, uh, you have realized, you know, some, at some point in your youth, you're like, oh, geez, like I'm old enough to remember certain things. And I'm, I'm also old enough to be aware that like, there's things in the future I need to be aware of eventually. And like, right now I'm alive and I'm doing, I'm living my life and I have a physical body. And it's like, there's some kind of uh function, you know, to being able to move between these tenses, you know? And it's like, um, I don't know. And it seems like being aware that other people have that privilege too, or that luxury. You're saying privilege is kind of weird. I don't know if I like that, but kind of loaded. Yeah. <laughs> the word privilege just, it's, I don't know. It doesn't make me feel good anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. I have an exercise for you in mind, uh, mindfulness. I was just sitting here thinking, and as we're chatting, I'm, uh, I'm looking at the wall, and uh, there's a couple paint streaks I haven't noticed before. <laughs> I think you're you're noticing those because you're moving out soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> I gotta fix those. <laughs> no, 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 but no, it's just like I don't know. I'm, I'm uh, I mean. Uh, I've lived in this space for, you know, well over a year now, and it's, I sit at this desk every day and sitting here looking at the wall, and there's things I haven't noticed about it. Mm. It's just a wall, you know. I just expect it to be a blank <laughs> wall. But uh, well, I mean, certainly being mindful is. Uh, I I feel like it creates the opportunity for a certain appreciation that you wouldn't have otherwise if you weren't looking at the wall or. Even yeah, I mean, about it, you know? <laughs> I mean, I know this is kind of it's kind of like a side tangent, but it's just like a, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm sitting here. Man, you're really having a moment there, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's it's surprising to me a little bit. I'd like to <laughs> do things for you, if I if I may. You have now been introduced to your fondness for this wall. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of funny, you know. Um, can I can I point I out that to. you that you trust that wall? Maybe not like consciously, but you trust it. You trust it to keep you safe from rain and snow and wind and it's sun. The roof over my head, yeah. You trust it. Not neat. <laughs> <laughs> you know something, guys. I um. 
I'm not trying to like go all English or whatever right now, but um, I think we talked about this before, and I think I spoke with Max about this a long time ago. But I like this. I think mindfulness. Um, that's like one of the things I really appreciate about journaling is mindfulness. Um, because I think I first started journaling like years ago when I when I read this thing and it was like you know, this really great stoic practice, you know, like a stoic philosophical practices to like journal because, you know, the point is that you write down what happened during the day and then you reflect on what you could do better in the future and, you know, yada, yada. And I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. But I found that while I was journaling, I'd always write, like, I'd always write that I was in the present that as if the day had already happened, you know, and which I think is pretty common. But, like, when you reflect upon the day, it's in the past tense because, like, at the end of the day, the day is already over. Like, it already is the past. And so, like, when you're reflecting on it, but you're also kind of, like, aware of the present while you're writing. You know what I mean? And sometimes you even have, like, these insertions about the future. Like, oh, like, you know, today, earlier this morning, I woke up at whatever time and, like, I'm sitting in my desk right now and I'm writing this. And, you know, so, like, there's past, present, and it's like, well, tomorrow I have to take my dog to get her foot checked, which um, I did today. And anyway, but like, or I was supposed to, I'm supposed to do today. Sorry. I'm, I just confused myself. Anyway, my dog has a hurt foot, so I had to go take care of that. <laughs> so anyway, but it's like, I don't know. And that's why I think that like journaling is a, is a mindfulness practice. You know, I mean, you're kind of participating in all three, but you're also calling attention to what's happened during the day. And it kind of makes you feel like, oh, like this is what happened today. And then the next day it almost makes you want to be more aware of what you're doing because like when you go to journal tomorrow, you're already like, Oh, well here's what I wrote yesterday and here's what happened today. So I don't know if you guys journal, but like I'm just plugging journaling right now. Cause like, I think it's like the healthiest practice and it's so therapeutic. <laughs> Dude, plug away. I, I started journaling a long time ago, but I've only recently started to be more intentional about it. Um, mm. I, I think I started one when we were all working in North hedges uh, which mm. would have been like 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Fall. Fall, yeah. Fall, fall 2016. That was a long time ago. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I had that journal. I still have it. Um, however, I stopped journaling consistently in there pretty shortly after I started um, and made like sporadic entries up to like 2018 in there. Um, mm -hmm. I picked up, I picked it up again last october or nice uh or maybe november and i i filled out more than half of what i had already within two months that's awesome bro nice and now it's it's finished it's the first journal i've ever finished and sitting on my shelf i'm rather proud of it but it it has helped me so much uh just not not just with mindfulness but um i guess with mindfulness is, is as the primary step but getting below that is like um writing down what you're experiencing or feeling and then asking yourself be like the like the why of that like where does this come from like where does this like if, if you're i struggle a lot with i guess um guilt or shame um and so like being like, okay, I feel guilt or shame. Where is this coming from? Why is it here? What have I like, what kind of lie have I believed that's feeding this guilt or shame? Or maybe not a lie, 
and what's just what's feeding it and you it gives you an opportunity to slow down um which is something that i'm learning more and more to appreciate and love and seek out is just being able to slow down and rest so so let me guys let me ask you guys this question because um i mean i don't personally journal um the only time i've ever written anything down is after like a vacation i want to remember things i did because it was fun um but do you ever go back and reread your entries or do you just use it as like a a, a present like focus thing i i rarely do i i do that if something like a memory triggers otherwise um the only time i've gone back and reread the a journal is like when i finish it and then i'll i'll save the last like I say this like I do it off all the time. I did it once. Um, <laughs> I, I saved the last like 10 pages uh, for going back through the full journal and writing down how I felt about things now or presently. Mm-hmm. And just reflected on all the things that I had previously written. You know, to answer your question, Noah, um, I feel like it really depends. Um, It's funny because like I was really bad about, you know, keeping like a tab on my life or anything like that up until about um, 2019, I think was when I kind of started doing that. Um, And, and once I did, it became like an obsession for me. Like I felt like if I didn't write something down, it never happened because I'm like, I will not probably remember what I was doing on July 11, 2022, you know, <laughs> and there's no written record of it. Um, and I kept finding that I would like, um, like it did kind of become like a thing and, and I did it every single day and, and I was hoping that it was kind of helpful and it ended up becoming one of those things where I just kept track of what I was reading and that's all. And it was basically just the way I could prove that I'd read a book or something um, for most of like grad school. And, but I, I feel like it doesn't gain in meaning until more time has passed. So I feel like right now, me reading reflections from like 2019, I know it's been three years or whatever, but like, I still don't really, I still, I feel like it's still relatively fresh in my memory. Like I still remember 2019 pretty well. Whereas like, if I could find journals from like 2017, like five years ago, I feel like that'd be pretty meaningful to me because even though I didn't keep a journal that year, I'd be interested to hear what I was thinking about or reading or doing with my life then versus now you know but yeah i guess rereading is kind of complicated because i feel like if i were to read my entries from like last month i'd be like okay yeah cool like i remember this like i remember writing this so it's not quite that meaningful yet gotcha i was just curious because i I don't do that and um you know, unless it's something I do want to remember, um, where I feel like journaling every day, it's more of like a like a personal like journey rather than like something you're rereading to, I guess like enjoy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I, I found that that's definitely you should know. You definitely should. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I know. I, I should. I should take the time to do that. Um, I, I, I've heard you guys both talk about it before, and um, I just haven't. I'll send you a journal. I was just gonna say, I will order one and mail it to you. That will be the first thing I will be waiting for you at your new apartment. That'll be a housewarming gift for you, Todd. Yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh. 
looking forward to it. And maybe I'll start with some of that. That's a, that's a good thing. That's a good goal to have. You know what? I'm, I'm committing to that. I'll do it. Okay, nice. we can be accountable um, to each other. Uh, to to kind of piggyback off what you said, Matthew, I definitely found that when I got to the more recent entries, I was like, yes, I remember writing this. But it was also a good moment to like refresh myself and write down again like what the most important part was. Like this is something I do want to remember and like carry forward. Um, and then obviously, like when I got to like the previous day before I started reflecting, I was like, this has become slightly pointless at this point. <laughs> but, um, but you know, yeah. it's kind of interesting. Um, I when I went to Europe just now, uh, just you know, a few weeks ago, I was I was in Europe or whatever, and I um I like kept a sort of just like a little note on my phone. Really, it was it was nothing fancy, but I was just keeping track of you know, certain details and I'd go back in the evenings while, you know, my sister and I were camping out because I went with my sister and, and we stayed in these, uh, you know, these uh, Airbnbs and hostels and whatever. And in those evenings, I would just sort of try to organize all those notes into something that was cohesive, you know, and uh, I ended up with like a, once it was edited and polished and refined and everything, it was, uh, it was actually about 60 pages worth of content, you know, just, uh, you know, detailing every single thing that we did while we were there. You know, we went and saw this, you know, we went and did this, you know, we visited with these people and, you know, did this and, you know, took the train. So I, uh, I, I edited that document and I worked on it. And, and the last, you know, two weeks I've just been, I just been editing that document, just editing it and tweaking it and fixing it and making it really neat. And I designed a little cover for it and a little back cover and all this stuff. And then I, I sent it off to, you know, uh, to this publishing brand that, that I manage or whatever. I just sent it off to them. And then, so it's, it's published and they're mailing back a copy to me. So I was going to so give it cool. to my sister as a gift, you know, so her and I could always really remember that trip really care, you know, really well. Cause it's, there's like a writ record of it. So, um, that's, oh, no, I guess no. that's one of the benefits, you know. <laughs> now, now I'm curious, Matthew, because um, I mean that sounds really cool, but um, I mean I, I, that is really cool. Um, but a question I would ask is: Does taking notes detract, trip. Yeah. yeah, detract from <laughs> from what you're currently experiencing if you're constantly worrying about trying to write it all down? And no, you're totally right. Get it and, all together. <laughs> Yeah, you're totally right. My sister got super pissed at me because I'd have to like pull over every now and again to like be like, wait, wait, where's this? Uh, what's the street called? You know, that kind of stuff. So, yes, you're totally right. And that is, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to call that argument, but it's like the the lived present versus the, you know, future yeah. or something. You know, it's like, yeah. what are you going to choose? You know, but I think there's a way to balance it. You know, I think that you can get to a point where, taking a note on what you're doing or like at the end of the day, you know, when I, when I'm taking those notes, I'm not like being really careful. I'm just like, okay, here's the name. Here's the name of the street in France. You know, yeah. here's this, you know, here's something we were talking about. Just these little tiny, you know, one line at a time kind of phrases really. And then in the evening, you know, it's like, okay, well I would be sleeping during this time anyway. So you can just sort of put it all back together, you know, Piece yeah, I was, just, I, was, I, was, I was just curious because, um, I mean, so Julie and I were in, we were in uh, Lake George in upstate New York a couple of weekends ago um, mm -hmm. for the fourth, and we uh, went to the top of the mountain there. I forget what it's called, um, but there's this lady walking down um, the road, just her like phone in front of her face, videotaping everything that was going on. You know, she's just yes. the whole scenery, and it's like, 
I mean, you're glad you're capturing that for yourself, but like you're missing the view right then. What you're looking at is your phone looking at the view. And so whenever you look back at, oh, look at, wasn't this view, view so beautiful? Don't you remember all this? It's like, I mean, not really. You were looking at your phone all the time taking a picture yeah. of that you know that, that's, that's something like, that really bothers me like i am yeah, i'm not a photo person weird. i'm one of the <laughs> i'm not like in my family most people are photo people and so whenever like memories or like where we're on a trip or something like that or hanging out people want to take photos i'm like why can't we just enjoy the moment like what i'm what i want to remember is like hanging out here i don't want to remember yeah. us taking a photo and it being really a a pain in the butt to like organize everybody and yeah. get the right photo out of a hundred where no one's blinking. Like I think I think that's kind of fun. I think the photo organization aspect of it is kind of funny You're um, because I enjoyed first. those moments of trying to get people organized. <laughs> you know, well, when I it's like friends it. and you're all trying to climb over each other, it's funny. But when it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think there's a difference too between like writing it and, and taking a photo of it because I feel like the writing demands more. And again, like I'm, you know, I'm an English guy. So like, this is writing is what matters to me. And it's like, it's way more meaningful to me. If like, I'm reading something that's like, you know, when I was standing at the base of the Eiffel tower, I couldn't help it. You know, I couldn't overcome this feeling of like the world is made by men or, or, you know, the world is made by humans. You know, we take these parts and we create and, you know, yada, yada. But it's like, Something like that's way more meaningful to me than like a picture of me standing at the base of the Eiffel Tower, smiling, you know, doing a thumbs up or finger guns or something, you know, and it's just like, for whatever reason, I think that taking a picture is too easy. And it's like to have a sequence of like thoughts or reflections about what it felt like to be there is way more meaningful to me. And again, like, I agree, you shouldn't be standing at the base of the Eiffel Tower writing this out on your phone. <laughs> you should be back at the hostel, you know, during the evening, sort of like, oh, you know, back earlier today, the most profound thing that happened to me was this, you know? So I think there's a way to do both. I think there's a way to have the cake and eat it too when you're traveling and also, you know, do it in a way that's like, it's going to be meaningful to you, you know, 40 years from now when you're an old you know, <laughs> you're an old person and you got some either a book on your, you know, shelf or you got a photo album or, you know, something like that. But I think you can balance it. Yeah. I think the I, most I important thing for me learning to journal was being specific and like, mm. uh, like taking, like, I, I really enjoy having a small journal, like a, a slim one. Um, mm -hmm. So you can like fit it in your pocket. That way, when you want to make a note, like where you were, you don't have to like whip out your phone even. You can just like write down like James Street or whatever. Yes. Um, but, uh, and, then, and then going back later in the day. But uh, I think the intentionality of it is massive. And when you start being, when you, when you start like having that habit even of like, okay, I'm going to write about today and like it, that'll keep you present as well. Um, and mm -hmm. then when you're going through your day, you're like, okay, what should I remember? Like, is this street important or is this person I talk to important? I'm just like thinking of like walking down uh, a hallway, like as a teacher, Matthew, and be like, which interaction is important for me to like write about which interaction stuck with me. And like, yes, exactly. That helps. That helps you remember like names and where you were as well. And just it works on your memory, especially like saying something out loud or writing it like any way you can reinforce it in your brain is amazing. And I think that that goes to intentionality. And even with photos, photos used to be way more intentional. It used to, you know, you used to have to stand still for 45 minutes to take a photo. Um, mm. Like that's hella intentional. <laughs> like, 
Well, yeah. and I really like what you said there, Max, because it does seem like um, a really good practice, a really good journaling practice involves, you know, taking no notes during the day. It's almost like a puzzle at the end of the day when you've taken no notes, no pictures, nothing. It's just about what stands out the most to you, you know, and that's pretty meaningful because you're only writing about the stuff that you could remember, you know, and it's like, what did you choose to remember? You know, you walked around the hallways, like which interactions were the most meaningful to you, meaningful enough to you to remember the whole day and then write about at the end of the day, you know? Um, and I think that's also kind of interesting to think about, especially if you're on like a trip, you know, if you're on some really special trip or something like that, it's like at the end of every day, it's like, I mean, when we were in Paris, I mean, we saw like so much stuff. I mean, Paris is obviously just loaded with stuff. I mean, every time you're walking, you take a five minute walk, you pass like four serious, like beautiful cathedrals, you pass like a street market, you, you know, you pass all the stuff that's like totally overwhelming and totally overstimulating. And it's like, what among those things sticks out to you, you know, after, you know, hours and hours and hours have passed, you know? I think it's kind of a cool point you made there with um, overstimulating and everything you're walking past because people that work there, people that live in that city, um, do you think they notice that every day? Probably not. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe they're mindful. Maybe they're like, damn, that cathedral. I walk by that cathedral every day, but it's just gorgeous. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just about a matter of having that um, appreciation for it, no matter what you're doing every day. There's a uh, a term um, about I was trying to think of this entire time, and I, I was I dropped it because we're talking about mindfulness. Like early on, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna forget about it. Not important. I gotta be present in this conversation, but it's come up again, and it just hit me. Um, when you're in a situation like that, we most of us live in a pretty oversaturated, overstimulated environment um and there's a process that you can or a thing that you can do it's called flanoring like oh like yeah flanor. and it's too nice yeah matthew you clearly know i think we might have actually talked about this before when i first learned yeah, about did. this yeah like it pissed me off because i was like people not taking this seriously and like just like treating life as it's like a joke now i understand i was young i was dumb Possibly still am. Um, but to flaneur is to walk about. And really that's it. But it's like taking a new way to work or a new way to school, whether you're walking or driving, it is putting yourself into something new uh, for, the, for the express purpose of being present and not being caught up by routine. Oh man, I love that you brought that up. There's a wonderful book by Edmund Dwight. Edmund Dwight, it's called the 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 flaneur. You know, um, yeah. I just I love that idea of a person like walking around. It's uh, there's sort of a romantic idea behind the the flaneur. You know, it's been developed by like uh, 20th century writers and artists or whatever of like this sort of solitary person like walking and just sort of like a kind of aimlessly walking in a way but like thinking about stuff and sort of trying to be extract something from the present. That's like very meaningful and to sort of participate in the present in like a way that's not necessarily productive, but is, is still meaningful, you know? Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. I love that. 
any uh we're closing in on an hour here um which i love honestly but uh are there any kind of final thoughts i guess the last thought i would have is um well i guess it's for both us and and anybody out there listening but it would be um you know in what ways um do you drift through your life and in what ways can you expand your present moment um you know whether it's conversations with others noticing things on your you know way to work um what ways can you actively engage yourself in your own life that's pretty good all righty i think uh we'll head off with that so for any of uh, those still listening thank you very much for tuning in i hope you've gained something or um yeah i hope you gained something i hope you haven't lost anything um especially not brain cells anyways if you want uh have a podcast that you want to recommend us or if you want to start a conversation with any one of us uh please send an email to wirelessbuds22 at gmail.com. Um, and I think that's really all we have for you today. All, all uh, podcasts, uh, all podcasts we've discussed will be in the show description. Um, take care. Cheers.